So how many of you have ever been at a, a another family's another family's event and you were not family but a guest, a visitor, a friend and they decided to have a very awkward family conversation? Yeah, yeah. And how many of you've done that to other people in your home? That's fun, right? Well, that's what we're going to do today. We're going to have a little bit of that today because for if you're a guest here today, online, in here, uh, in the land, uh, listen, thank you for coming. We are so grateful that you're here. Um, we expect you to come. We plan for you to come. Our people pray for you to come. And so we are grateful that you're here. But this conversation is for family. If you know Jesus today and he is your Lord and Savior, let me hear you say amen. amen. Right? So let's start this service by sharing these verses together in John 15. I'm going to ask you to stand in the land here out of respect for God's word. And let's read these verses together. Jesus said, I'm the true vine. My father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Let's read that again. Everybody in the land, everybody in here online. Let's read it together. He cuts off every branch in me that he goes on to say this, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. He goes on to say, you're already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, Jesus said. You are the branches. If a man or a woman remains in me and I in him, he will or she will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he or she's like a branch that's thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. He said, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. And this is the verse I want us to focus on today. Here's what Jesus said. He said, this is to my father's glory that you and I bear much fruit, showing ourselves to be his disciple. You can have a seat. It is to my father's glory, Jesus said, that you and I bear much fruit. So if you're in a relationship with Jesus... He describes it this way. I'm the vine, Jesus said. You and I, we are the branches. And he says, if you remain in me, right, and I remain in you, you will bear fruit. Somebody say amen, right? That's the relationship. The relationship expectation, right, for everybody in here, in the land, online, that knows Jesus, is that you bear fruit. That's the ultimate, ultimate expectation of your walk with Jesus. Jesus says it is to God's glory that you and I bear much fruit. The word glory means to give weight to, to give credibility to. And I don't know about you, but I believe our world needs a serious dose of the reality of who God is. Would you agree with that? Right? He, the world needs to see it. Unfortunately, God is being diminished within our world today. And a lot of that has to do with how the church presents God. The church is... Presenting God is a very minor thing, something that has very little power and very little ability to affect your decision and my decision. As believers in Jesus, the Bible says we can give weight and credibility to God by bearing 
much fruit. So as we enter into 2024 and we talk about the standard, right, this week, here is the standard. The standard is that you and I, as believers in Jesus, we will bear much fruit. Can you say amen to that, church? So how do we get there, right? And why do we get there, right? Paul wraps it up this way and he summarizes the whole thing and he says this in 1 Corinthians 10.31. Whether you eat or drink, and everybody read this with me, or whatever you do, whatever you do, he says, do it all for the glory of God. Our lives are to be lived in such a way that whatever we do brings credibility to God. Is there anybody in here, anybody in the land, anybody online that has something in their life they're doing that's not adding credibility to God right now? My guess is that as you enter 2024, God's going to be asking you to remove some of that. Because at the end of the day, the way that we live brings credibility to who God is. Jesus tells a parable. And it's the parable that I want us to talk about as we break down how you and I are going to bear fruit in 2024. Luke 8 says this, while a large crowd gathered and people were coming to Jesus from town to town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed and as he scattered the seed, the Bible says, some of that seed fell along the path and that seed was trampled and birds of the air ate it up. Some of the seed fell on rock. When, a, when it came up, the seeds came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Some of the seed fell among thorns, which grew up with those thorns, and the thorns choked out the plants. He said still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, and it yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. Jesus explains this parable in a few verses down, and he says this in verse 11. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear the word. And then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts. He says, those people, right, are in that environment so that they may not believe and be saved. Those seed are those who receive the word in rocky soil, right, are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it. Right, But they have no root, no root of faith. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they're going to fall away. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear the word. But as they go on their way, right, living their lives, the word of God gets choked out by life's worries, by life's riches, by life's pleasures, and they never mature. But the seed or the word of God that gets on good soil stands for those with a noble and a good heart. He says, these people hear the word, they retain the word, and by persevering, they produce a crop. At the end of the day, Jesus is going to ask you and I to bear much fruit. Church, can you say amen to that? Right? That's what God wants. If you're in a relationship with Jesus, he's the vine, you're the branch, those two things connected should produce fruit. Jesus will always produce fruit in that relationship. And that's what God's desire is for each and every one of us who know Jesus in 2024. But how do we do it? I'm I'm a why person. Anybody else like to know the why of things? Okay. Those are the people that God loves the most right there, right? I'm a why guy. Like, I want to know why. My 20-year-old daughter who's in college, I, I had the privilege of baptizing her as a Christian. She has some issues with God. 
She struggles and she asked me one day, she said, why do you believe in this so much? And for me, this is what it all boils down to. This is the verse that I shared with her because of this. Hebrews 9.27 says, just as man is destined to die one time and after that to face the judgment. I believe that every person in here, in the land, online, in the world, I believe that everybody has that moment. Bible describes every person having one moment. That moment is this. We will all die. We're not all going to be pretty. And we're not all going to be rich. And we're not all going to be smart. We're not all going to dress well. We're not all going to have great jobs. We're not all going to have a great life. But every one of us is destined to die once. And then the Bible says judgment comes. And it's that moment that I believe in that you and I should be prepared for. Because once that moment comes, every decision you'll ever make about that moment is over. There's no other choice to be made, right? The Bible says this in Revelation 20, and it describes this moment. It says when thousand years are over, the millennial kingdom, as the Bible describes it, Satan is going to be released from his prison. Listen to what he's going to do. He's going to go out and deceive the nations in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog. The Bible says he's going to gather from, from all of those corners, he's going to gather them for battle. What battle? The battle that he ultimately wanted to be God, to overthrow God. In number, Satan's army at this time, the number is going to be like the sand of the seashore. That's how many people are going to be deceived into following Satan in his attempt to overthrow God. They're going to march across the breadth of the earth and they're going to surround the camp of God's people and the city God loves, Jerusalem. But fire is going to come down from heaven and going to devour the entire army. And the devil who deceived them will be thrown into the lake of burning sulfur where the beast and the false prophet had been thrown. All of Satan's efforts, all of his desire to overthrow God burned out in two verses. That's how impotent Satan is when it comes to the power of God. Somebody say amen. He's not. He has, there's, there's no competition here. But listen to what scripture says happens after this, right? There's those people in the lake of sulfur are going to be tormented day and night forever and ever. Then I saw, John writes, a great white throne and him who was seated on it. It says earth and sky fled from his presence and there was no place for them. Bible says, I saw the dead. Remember the dead were destined to die once. I saw the dead, great and small, standing before that throne. And books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. He says the dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. The sea gave up the dead that were in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them. And each person was judged according to what he or she had done. Do you realize the land online and here in Ormond, every one of you, every one of us has a book that records everything that we have done. And that book will be opened when we die. I pray to God every day, God, please don't let my wife be in line behind me when my book is opened, right? Like, like that's my number one prayer, right? Let that be the case, right? But you and I got a book. Some of you got volumes, right? You got part one, part two, part three, but you and I have a book, but God also has a book. And the Bible says that his book is the book of life. He says that death and Hades are going to be thrown into that lake of fire where you're tormented day and night. And the lake of fire is the second death. If anyone's name 
If anyone's name is not found written in the book of life, they are thrown into that lake of fire where they will be tormented forever and ever. The reason I believe in this so much is because I believe in that moment. I believe that every person should be prepared for that moment or at least have an opportunity to be prepared for that moment. Do you agree with that church? Yes or no? It is our job to help prepare people for that moment by doing the one thing that Jesus told us to do before he ever left. And that is to make disciples of all nations and to baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. There's no other way for us to get this done, right? So when I talk about it and the Bible talks about let's bear much fruit and give glory to God in 2024, this is what's at stake. What's at stake is this moment for people because whether we want to admit it or not, some of us may face that moment in 2024. Several people that called this church home face that moment in 2023 because the Bible says it's destined for us to die once and then come the judgment. So how do we get to the fruit? How do we get to this place that we bear much fruit? We're going to talk about a couple focuses today, right? Focus number one is this. We're going to focus on lost people, right? The parable describes in Luke 8, right? You can read it. The parable describes the sowing of seed on the hard soil, right? And it's trampled and birds eat it. But it, but Jesus describes it in verse 13, right? Or verse 11, right? The meaning of that seed throwing on the hard path is the word of God is the seed. And guess what happens? Those people along the path are the ones who hear and then the devil comes and takes away that word from their heart. Why? Because if they hear the word, right, they could believe the word and they could be saved. How many of you in Deland online here in Ormond have ever talked to somebody about Jesus and they didn't get it? Right? Anybody ever get frustrated at that process? Oh yeah, right? So what's happening is exactly what Jesus is describing here. You're sowing the seed, the word of God, in a heart that's hard. And when you sow that seed in a hard heart, Satan shows up to take that seed away. Every one of us that shares the gospel with somebody that's not a believer immediately initiates a spiritual fight in that person's life that they may not be prepared for. You understand that, right? If Satan shows up in your life, it's not going to be a normal day. Would you agree with that? Yes or no? Right? So when you're talking to people at work in your family, you decide that you're going to use Christmas to share the gospel for the first time. Right? And some of your family members or friends aren't interested. Listen, the hard heart invites Satan to take it away. Well, what's our focus to be? I grew up in the Midwest. I grew up watching farming my whole life. Every spring, farmers would show up at their fields and you would see them out there on their hands and their knees with hammers, hammers in their hands. And they were just beating the ground as hard as they could to try to get that soil ready to be planted. Or they would walk the field and they would yell at the soil and they would call it names and they would say it's stupid and tell them it's wrong. Is that what happened? No. Every spring, a farmer would show up with a tractor with a big old disc or plow connected to it. And they would throw that plow or that disc down in that hard dirt. And the next thing you know, that hard soil was soft. And they would prepare that soil to be planted with that seed. You know what we've done as a church culture? As a church culture, what we've notoriously done for lost people, let's be clear, right? 
Everybody is destined to die how many times? And what comes after death? Judgment. And at judgment, your eternal fate gets decided. You and I get to decide, do we care about that for people? If we say we do, then we've got to get the soil ready to be planted. Somebody say, amen. Listen, if you're a visitor here in the land online, know this about Tomoka Christian Church. Our desire is to see you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, right? No hidden agenda here, right? We're not trying to take your money. Right? We're not trying to add you to the roster. What we are trying to do, though, is to get you to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If you don't like that, that's okay. We're going to continue to pray for your hard heart and ask Jesus to soften it so the seed can be planted. Amen, church? That's our goal and our desire. Right? And if that's you, listen, we're grateful that you're here. We're going to accept the challenge because we know that God is greater that Satan is, and we know that God loves you and desires to see you come home. But if you are in this church, in the land, online, and you know people that don't know Jesus and you're trying to reach them, can I just encourage you? Work on the soil. Work on the soil. Make the soil plausible for being planted. How do you do that? You don't yell at it. You don't call it names. You don't call it stupid. You don't call it wrong. You don't take your Bible and beat people over the head with it. You know how you prepare hard soil to be planted? You till it. And you know who tills hard hearts better than anybody in the world? Only the power of the Holy Spirit. Somebody say amen. Listen, if you've got family members or friends or people that you know need Jesus... Do less talking to them and do more talking to God on their behalf. Only God convict of sin. Only God can bring that weight. Listen, if you remember, you remember, some of you clearly remember the way the Holy Spirit worked on your heart. Yes or no? You know the weight of how that works. Listen, give that hard heart. It is the prophet that says of God, he can turn a heart of stone into a heart of flesh. Somebody say, amen, right? Our focus in 2024 is on lost people because Jesus said it in Matthew 28, right? He said, as he left this earth, all authority is mine now in heaven and on earth. He says, therefore go and make disciples of all nations. Why do we go on 40, 50 mission trips a year? Why did we send two and a half million dollars as a church across the globe? Why are we planting churches in every country in the world? Because Jesus said to go into all nations and do what? Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. If you're into land online in Ormond and you haven't been baptized as a believer in Jesus Christ, what are you waiting on? Right? And I'm talking about the baptism that somebody gave you as an infant. I'm talking about the baptism that you get to own for yourself. Maybe 2024 is a time for you to do that. But then the Bible says we should teach them everything. Right? Everything that Jesus has commanded them, right? So that they can obey what he wants. Our focus in 2024 should be on lost people. And if you're a part of the church of Jesus, your focus should be on lost people as well. Can somebody say amen? Right? Here's the second focus. The second focus is on shallow. Da- I have an older brother. His name's Dallas. Dallas was full grown in eighth grade, right? He was one of those kids that like developed really, really quickly. I had only developed a really bad attitude by eighth grade, okay? I was skinny and tall, uh, and I had a mouth. My, my, my ability to fight my brother, who was full, I mean, he was a, 
he was a, I don't think he gained any weight from eighth grade to senior in high school. He was just full grown. And I, well, I was honestly, I was scared of him, but I didn't, it didn't get to my mouth to be scared of him. So I would, we would fight and whatever. And one day mom was gone to the grocery store. It was just us four kids at home. And I got to mouth my brother and he decided that he'd had enough of it. And so there were ditches that ran in front of our house. And there was about, I don't know, about five or six inches of water in the ditch. And he decided to shove my head in the water. And he hates it when I tell this story, right? Um, but he had, he held my head down in that ditch water and it was shallow. I mean, it was, it wasn't very much. And my sisters were screaming and crying and begging him to get off of me, right? But he was trying to drown me because here's what I know about shallow. Shallow water is dangerous water, right? Thank God my mom showed up, right? I have no idea what would happen if he, if she hadn't been coming down the road from the grocery store, but he got up and he stopped it. But shallow is dangerous. Brad, Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga sang a song called Shallow. Anybody? Right? Nobody Saturday night pretended like they didn't know who that was. So fake, right? It's unbelievable, right? No. But in their song, right? In their song, the lyrics are pretty telling about, about how unfulfilling shallow is. Bradley Cooper sings in verse one, tell me something, girl. Are you happy in this modern world? Or do you need more? Right? Is there something else you're searching for? Lady Gaga sings in her verse, tell me something, boy, aren't you tired of trying to fill that void or do you need more? Ain't it hard keeping it so hardcore? And they go on to sing in the chorus, right? We're going to break through the surface because we're far from the shallows now. Even the song itself speaks to the idea that there is a place of unfulfillment when you live a shallow existence. Right in Luke chapter eight, right? Jesus describes that shallow existence when he says some seed fell on rocky soil, right? The soil absorbed it with joy. This plant sprang up and then it turned 180 degrees and the plant dies because it has no moisture, right? Jesus explains it in verse 13 and he says this, right? Those people, right? Those on the rock are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it. How many of you have received the word with joy when you heard it? Somebody say, amen, right? He says, but if you have no root, you're only going to believe for a while. But when the time of testing comes, you're going to fall away. 40 years of ministry, I can tell you, you've seen this happen thousands of times. People accept Jesus. They're on fire. The time of testing comes. And the question is, hey, where's so-and-so? Because all of a sudden... That joy in receiving the word did not transition into a root that was deep enough to survive the testing. And listen, if you're in land, you're online or here, here in Norman, you know this. Every person's life is going to be tested. Yes or no? Right? Maybe 2023 wasn't a year of testing for you. If it wasn't, 2024 probably will be. We're all going to go through seasons of testing. The Greek word for testing means fire. It's the idea of a purifying fire. It's the kind of fire that a silversmith would use, right? You crank up the heat and you melt the impurities out of the silver. Everybody, listen, if you're in that season now, you know exactly what God's talking about. That time of testing. How do you survive a time of testing? You've got to have a faith strong enough to survive it. And here's the thing that Jesus said. For some of us, 
Receiving the word with joy isn't enough to sustain our faith. You're going to have to have a root. You're going to have to have a faith strong enough when life above ground is awful. You can still hang on to Jesus. Some of you know that story well. Some of you have lived through that. And some of you are in a season that 2024 will be the focus on shallow. Because here's the thing about rocky soil. If you want roots to grow in rocky soil, you have to remove the, you got to remove the rocks. Well, what's a rock? A rock is an impediment in your heart. Something that's in your heart that's keeping your faith from growing. Jesus said in Matthew 15, verse 19, he says, it's out of the heart. Out of the heart that comes evil thoughts and sexual immorality and impurity and hatred and all of these things. Jeremiah describes our hearts as deceitful above all things and wickedly evil or desperately sick. You and I have heart issues. Yes or no? Right? We all have things in our heart that keep us from growing in our faith. Listen, the root's never going to grow. Your faith won't be sustainable if you can't get the impediment out of your heart. So what about you? Where's your heart at in 2024? Is it full of anger? Resentment? There are people right now who if you ask them where their church was at, they would tell you to make a Christian church. And then if you ask them, why are they coming? They would tell you no. And if you ask them why, they would tell you why. Because they're angry at the church or they're mad at the church. Because they're holding on to something in their heart. You see, for 2024, for some of us, we have got to get to a point that we understand that this season is a season about removing impediments. About getting things out of our heart. Maybe it's fear, maybe it's doubt, maybe it's greed, right? Maybe it's covetous, maybe it's, maybe it is anger, maybe it is resentment, maybe it is unforgiveness. But whatever lingers in our heart is going to have to be removed so that root can grow because here's what's going to happen above ground. Your life and my life, it's going to be tested. God is going to crank up the heat. He promises it, right? James 1, 2 says this, Consider it all joy, my brothers, when you face trials. That's the Greek word for fire. When you face testing of many kinds, right? Why? Because you know that the testing, same word, of your faith develops perseverance. Listen, God's going to put your life through that refiner's fire. He's going to purify it. And here's the thing. If your heart is hanging on to something it shouldn't, Your root of faith cannot grow. It just won't get there. And maybe 2023 ended the same way, right, as it began for some of us because we wouldn't let God remove that impediment, right? We want to help you with that. Our commitment to you is we want to help you with that because, listen, we're all going to go through this season, maybe multiple times in our walk with Jesus. How do you remove the impediment? Well, we believe that the impediment is removed better in close quarter combat. We think this should be done in environments not like this environment. There's several hundred of you here. There's several hundred, maybe even a thousand or more watching online. The last thing we need to do is to lay your issues out in front of 1,500 to 2,000 people, right? Only preachers do that stupid stuff, right? Right? But the rest of us, it's better done in close quarter combat. Susan Humbert is our pastor of spiritual development. 
She oversees this process. And we want to know, want you to know that there are classes, Bible study classes, there are life groups, there are flocks, there's rooted groups. Why? All of these are designed to provide you a place where God can do this work. Listen, I know you might not believe this, but I, I, I like people. I enjoy, I have no idea why God's given me the gift or the ability to be able to sit in front of people and talk without being, without struggling with it. But if I had my druthers, I would just as soon be alone. I'm not a big social person because if I have to choose between you and me, I'm going to spend time with me every day, right? That probably doesn't surprise you, right? I didn't want, I didn't want to be a part of a small group. And I knew if we started small groups as the executive pastor, I was going to have to lead by example. So for the last 12 years, I've been a part of a small group. Did not want to do it. But after 12 years of being a part of a small group, a life group, whatever we call it, right? And seeing how God has worked in the heart of people in that space, you won't find a bigger advocate for that environment than me. Yes, it's not always ideal in your schedule. It's the last thing you want to do on a Monday night is have a two and a half hour life group conversation, right? But if you're going to ever get some of the stuff in your heart out, you're going to have to have a safe place with other people to help you get it out. And we want to make that commitment to you. So whether you're in DeLand, whether you're online, whether you're here in Ormond, we want to make the commitment to help you in that season. Why? Because it is our responsibility to bear fruit in our relationship with Jesus. Amen, church? We can't do that if we're falling away. Hebrews 3 says this, right? See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of us has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, right? But encourage one another daily, he says, as long as it's called today. Why? So that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. What better place to do that in a class, in a flock, in a, in a life group, in a rooted group? Listen, there's benefits to that more than I could have ever imagined and more that you could ever imagine. But we're going to focus on the shallow in 2024. We're also going to focus on this in 2024. We're going to focus on the flesh. Some of you are like, it's about time, right? Focus on the flesh. Right, And what I mean by that is what Jesus said in Luke chapter 8 verse 7. He said some of that seed fell, fell among the thorns. right, And then the plants grew up and they competed with each other for the stuff below the ground. And the thorns choked out the plants. Right, His description of it is this. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those of us who hear God's word, right? But as we're living our lives, right, our lives get choked out or the word of God gets choked out in our lives by the things that we worry about, the money we pursue, or the pleasures that we pursue. And guess what happens? You don't mature. Now, as a farmer, when the plant gives above the ground, the only focus at this point in time is to get that plant to harvest. Yes? And what we want is the biggest bang for our buck if we're a farmer. We want that plant to help produce the best, the best bushel per acreage ever. So we're going to protect that plant above ground. We have done a terrible job of that in the church. Because if you're a believer in Jesus and you've got faith in Jesus and you have a strong root to trust Jesus, even when life is hard, let me hear you say amen. Right? But as a Christian, 
Living in these three environments, life above the ground is hard. Genesis 3.22 describes something that makes this life hard, right? After Adam and Eve sinned, God said the man, right? The man and the woman now have become like one of us. They've become godlike. How? They know good and evil. How many of you know the difference between good and evil? And how many of you have ignored good at times and done evil, right? We've all done it. We've known the right thing to do and ignored it, known the wrong thing to do and did it anyway. Yes, right? We've done that. Now ask 8 billion people how they're doing with the knowledge of good and evil. And then think to yourself, is it a surprise that we live in the world we live in? And then listen to this. Galatians 5 says this about you and me, right? The acts of our flesh, the sinful nature, the things our flesh wants to do are pretty obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, Right? Idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions. Right? Hang on. If you haven't been hit yet, you will. Factions. Right? Factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. So we live in a world where we know good and evil and we have a flesh that wants to do all that stuff. And then 1 John 2 says, right, 1 John 2 says don't love the world or anything in the world because if anyone loves the world, he says the love of the Father isn't in them. Why? Because everything that's in this world, the cravings or the lusting of sinful man, the lusting of our flesh, the lust of our eyes, and the pride of life. So we have the knowledge of good and evil. We have a flesh that wants to do all those bad things and we live in a world that says we're here for you to do anything you want to do. Does anybody see why this is hard above ground? Yes or no? We live in a world where that stuff is your life and 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 my life. It's hard above ground to be a Christian. Yes or no? Part of the responsibility of the church is to help you in that. Is to help me in that because guess what? Sometimes you're going to succeed above ground. And sometimes you're going to fail. And what we need to do as a church is to help you get through that. Because what's at stake is not your reputation. It's not the reputation of the church. What's at stake is harvest. Because the Bible says if you remain in me and I remain in you. You will bear much fruit. Somebody say amen. Our job is to get you through this. So we have ministries that are designed to help you in this process, right? Because maybe this is you. Maybe 2023 started with you saying, I am going to do better above ground. And 2023 is ending with you not doing better above ground. Well, listen, this is a serious thing. Because if you are Jesus and we're this close to harvest... We got to get you there. Why? Because it is to God's glory that you and I bear much fruit. Somebody say amen. So the Bible says, right, that we need to help each other. We have pure life ministry for those that are dealing with sexual addiction or pornography, right? Elder care, biblical counseling, divorce care, divorce care for kids, grief share, right? We have foster care, marriage matters, guidance point, bereavement, and on and on. We have tons of ministries. Why? Because life above ground is hard. Yes, we have got to help each other with this. And we've got to start being honest. We've got to stop. We have done so many people a disservice. Listen, how many of you in the land, online, right here in Ormond, love Jesus? Let me hear you say amen. amen. And how many of you in your love for Jesus have failed miserably above ground? Amen. We all have. Now listen, it is the hardest thing to do to be a Christian and fail. 
and still be a part of a church because the church is so weird about it. Can we just agree in 2024 we'll be a little less weird about it? Because guess what? If you know good and evil and your flesh wants to do every stupid thing in the world and you live in a world that says, let's do every stupid thing in the world, you and I are going to struggle. This is not an excuse. And please don't walk out going, Pastor Pastor Gordon gave me permission to go ahead and be stupid, right? Listen, you don't need my permission to be stupid. You're going to do that on your own, right? Listen, what you need is the church to help you get through this season. Why? Because harvest is on the other side. And we're never, ever, ever going to impact the world with the weightiness of God until you and I give him glory by producing fruit. And the only way we do that is we get through this season. So if you need help because you're struggling above ground, Stop doing it in private and stop doing it in shame and stop doing it right in the cloak of darkness. Step out and get some help. We have wonderful people that want to help you. Wonderful people that won't judge you. Wonderful people that will come beside you and help you get to the finish line. The Bible talks over and over about those of you who are trapped in sin or stuck in the cycle, right? Other people should come and restore them in gentleness and respect. Listen, we want to do that for you in 2024. Why? Because it is to God's glory that you bear much fruit. Years ago, God laid on Joe's heart that Tomoka would be 12,000 people when he left. We had 6,000 people attend Christmas Eve service um, this past year. And it is, it is become incumbent upon Joe and I as we talk to believe more in that goal now than ever. And here's what we know. We're never going to get there without all of us being a part of this, right? It's why we want to go after lost people. It's why we want to help you get through the shallow so your root will grow. It's why we want to help you above ground. Because in stage four, we're going to focus on the work, right? We're going to focus on the work that needs to be done. Jesus describes a good soil that produces 30, 60, and 100 fold, Right? I have no idea how many missionaries are sitting in this room right here, or sitting in the land or watching online, or who's going to be the next pastor, who's going to be the next mission trip leader, who's going to be the next youth partner, who's going to be the next person up on stage leading us in teaching and leading us in worship. I have no idea, but here's what I know. You can't ever know till you get to this season of good soil. And let me tell you something. As a guy who grew up in the Midwest and had gardens his whole life and watched farmers his whole life, good soil doesn't just happen. You've got to work at it. You've got to work at creating good soil, which is why we're going to commit to the work in those three areas so when we get here, we can focus on the work. Let me read to you a passage in Ephesians chapter 4. Paul says this about the work. It was God who gave some to be apostles and God who gave some to be prophets and God who gave some to be evangelists and God who gave some to be pastors and God who gave some to be teachers. Why? Our job is to prepare. That Greek word means to equip God's people for works of service or works of ministry. Why? So the body of Christ can be built up, right? And we can all reach unity in our faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and we can become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. We need everybody in here. Our commitment to you in 2024 is to help equip you to do the work of ministry. Because if we don't, we're never going to get there. Paul describes it this way in 1 Corinthians 12. He says, there are different kinds of gifts, but they're still the same spirit. 
There's all kinds of different ministries, but they're still the same Lord. And there's all kinds of different work that goes on in that ministry, but it's still the same God who works all of them in all men. Now listen to this. In the land, online, in Ormond. If you love Jesus and know Christ, say amen. Bible says to each one of you, the manifestation, right, of the spirit is given for the common good. All of us are in this. Why? Because we're a body. We're a unit. It's made up of many parts. And though all of its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. We all have to get here in 2024. Because what's at stake? I don't know how many people will die in Volusia County in 2024. I don't know how many people you know that will die in 2024. But I know that for every person that dies in 2024, they will face judgment. It's our job. To help prepare them for that moment. Amen, church. Paul said, whatever you do, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Let's pray. Father, it's my prayer for our church. It's our church collectively. Your church. Your body. Father, to be committed more than ever in 2024 to become a person that produces fruit. And Father, I pray that you'll prepare your church to be a model of how to get as many people to that season as possible. So, Father, whatever work you're going to do in us, whatever work you're going to do in those that are lost, whatever work you're going to do in, do in those who don't have a deep enough faith, whatever work you're going to do with those who are failing and struggling above ground, God, would you do it? Would you do it by your might and would you do it by your power? Father, because we want to be a part of seeing people come to faith in Christ. Father, we love you and we thank you for Jesus and all of God's people said, amen.